morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the best show on the internet. This is the RR Show. This is episode 149, and today we are diving into r slash pro revenge. Don't forget, as always, if you want those juicy bonus and exclusive episodes, they're on our Patreon for four bucks a month. We also have some cool stuff happening on our YouTube channel shortly, so make sure you check that out. It's really difficult to find for some reason because YouTube hates us, but there will be links in the description and on our website. But hey guys, grab your tea, your popcorn, and let's go. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Our first story today is posted by I Am Herding Cats. I'm a team builder. A few years ago, I was sitting in a job interview, and the hiring manager asked... Uh, what do you consider the greatest accomplishment of your career? This gave me pause as I've been doing the same thing for over 25 years. I let the mists of memory transport me back in time. Dorian, the nurse manager. Kip, the program manager. Dr. Steve, the clinical director. Yes, I had three bosses. I started on the unit as an already seasoned, re-jaded RN and soon discovered that most staff who worked there were very, very young and inexperienced. For many, this was their first real job. They assumed all the weird stuff that happened every day was just normal for the workplace. Dorian had decreed that no one was allowed to write incident reports for med errors or safety issues because it makes me look bad in safety huddle. Non-clinical staff allowed to pass meds. Schedule changes without notice. Additionally, the department was easily the most toxic I have ever worked in with various cliques at constant war with one another. I could go on and on. The troubles began one day when I opened my email to a message from Dorian which stated very curtly that I was being investigated for an incident which had happened on the unit that I was to meet with HR to discuss it, and for possible disciplinary action. I was not to discuss the incident with anyone. No date was given, no medical record number, no indication what the issue could be. I replied that I would need the above information, would speak with my union rep and meet at a time convenient for me. Dorian declined to give information. I declined to meet with him. I began receiving emails almost daily, each more threatening than the last. I printed them all, contacted my sister, the employment attorney, tried not to start shaking whenever I had to check my email. I was keenly aware that this was Intimidation 101, but it is remarkably effective when you know that. Because I'm not a direction follower, I was soon discussing this in the break room and before I knew it, I'd been approached by three other women who had all received the same email on the same day. Comparison showed the emails being sent about an email apart. We did not work the same shifts, nor the same days. 
We agreed to call the union rep and refused to meet with HR. Dorian continued to escalate, including cornering us in the hall, stepping in chest to chest, and trying to stare us down. He was a very big guy. Before long, we were speaking to more and more women, and it came to light that Dorian had a habit of targeting them with this exact email, followed by others that were more and more threatening until the person would finally meet with HR, get written up for something vague, and then be forced to sign a non-disclosure-slash-non-retaliation agreement. It seemed that he had simply picked the wrong four women this time because we were not having it. I can't tell you how much time at work began to be spent with people crying while recounting their stories. None had thought to call in the union rep. They didn't even know their Weingarten rights. We began to plot. We had limited time, and our company has a long and unglamorous history of protecting people like this. Before long, the entire team was united against the common enemy. LGBTQ staff wrote up statements backed with witnesses of grossly homophobic comments, often in the presence of patients. Staff who were immigrants made statements about racial slurs. A staff who was incredibly petty and vindictive had been compiling a dossier on every perceived policy violation and wrongdoing on Dorian's part since his hiring date, and he had prepped it for presentation to HR. The graveyard shift, all huge men, said, Obviously Dorian isn't trying to flex on us, but we want to help. So they spent a couple of nights cruising Dorian's social media posts and capturing screenshots of homo, trans, xenophobic, and misogynist content. Worried that they hadn't done enough, the night staff paid for a cheap background check and what a score. DUI, failure to appear, hit and run, domestic violence, assault with deadly weapon. Did the company not do a background check? What the fuck? Finally, two women came forward with complaints of sexual harassment. One incident had even occurred in the presence of the assistant manager, and one was documented in an email. We were ready. We flooded HR with meeting requests, and our union rep coordinated the assault so that on Monday, we met for simple harassment and intimidation. I met first, and HR seemed unimpressed by my complaint. Tuesday, all LGBTQ and staff subjected to racial slurs made their formal complaints. They said that the HR lady looked tired. Wednesday started with the background check, moved into the minutiae of policy violation, and culminated with well-documented quid pro quo sexual harassment. The union rep informed HR that the union's attorney was eager to know how to proceed. HR assured her that would not be necessary. That evening, Dorian posted a sign on his office door saying he would be away for a few days and to contact Kip or Dr. Steve if we needed anything. Graveyard Shift reported that over the weekend, housekeeping came and removed everything from his office except his name tag, which the night staff took as a trophy. On Monday, at shift change, the CNO, COO, and HR met with the team and informed us that effective immediately, Dorian was no longer employed by the hospital. We all sat silently and politely until they exited the unit, when a loud and spontaneous cheer went up. People were hugging each other and cry-laughing high-fives all around. The Aftermath To the best of my knowledge, Dorian never worked as an RN again. Frankly, I don't care. 
Kip was fired three days later for having been aware of all that was going on and turning a blind eye, and because apparently he'd been touching women on the unit for a couple of years. I hadn't been aware of that, but it came out in the HR meetings. Dr. Steve was also fired for sexual harassment. The unit hired an old manager of mine who had a long and well-documented history of, you guessed it, sexual harassment. I quit within days of him being offered the job. The department's foray into getting along crumbled. Most of the staff have moved on to other jobs where they seem much happier. Would you consider the greatest accomplishment of your career? I sat up straight, smiled. I took a very fractured team and brought them together to achieve a common goal. I like to think I'm really good at team building. I'm a goal-oriented team player with strong creative thinking to problem solve. So, you play Dungeons and Dragons. This next cassette is from Lil Devil. How Mrs. Reliable got her douchebag of a boss fired. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Background I've been working in the retail business for over 20 years, and let me tell you, some of the managers they hire, I can do a better job. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Over the years of doing retail, I have established a reputation for myself. I am Mrs. Reliable. Need someone to come in? They call me. Need someone to stay late? They call me. Need to switch with someone because management said no for your day off? They call me. Need to switch with someone because of a last-minute plan? They call me. You can probably see where this story might be going, right? This story takes place a couple of years ago when I worked a major grocery store in my town as a cashier. The story. This has taken place a couple of years ago, back in 2020. I'm on my two years at this store, and we went through so many people and manager, it wasn't funny. Literally, it felt like we had a revolving door with how much turnover and employment we had. Getting back to the story, I was a cashier and the thing about me doing this job is that I have a tendency to be too good at my job. I was just hired to be a cashier. I was not a manager nor a monitor, someone that is a step down from manager but doesn't have all the same responsibilities of management, nor was a customer service. However, I was trained for nearly all the duties of someone who is. Need change? I went to the cashier, got the money out of the drawer, went to grab the change that they needed. Need an override? I came over to see what the problem was and did the override. Need something from behind the counter? I just need to know what it is you need, and I went and grabbed it. I did all this on top of my cashier duties and self-checkout duties. Then, douchebag came along. My manager at the time, let's call her Ashley. Ashley is the front-end manager, meaning she's in charge of everything that goes on at the registers, cash office where the money is, customer service, and self-checkouts. Now, I liked Ashley. She was a really good boss, and I liked working with her. 
Ashley had gotten pregnant and was expecting her second child. I was excited for her. Unfortunately, when Ashley came back through, she was no longer going to be a manager, nor was she going to be full-time. She decided to come back part-time. I can't really blame her, though. You're working 40 hours a week and you're not allowed any overtime whatsoever? Plus, you can be working as early as 5am to working as late as whenever the last customer decides to leave. Last time that happened, we didn't get out until 11.15pm. Enter Douchebag If you ever wonder what happened to that spoilt brat in school whose mummy never said no and always got what they wanted, that's Douchebag, all grown up and in a manager's position. Douchebag was the type of manager that if he told you to do something, he expected you to do it without any question. Have plans for work? Douchebag expected you to whip out your phone right there and then, cancel your plans and come into work. Got a doctor's appointment? Douchebag expected to cancel that appointment and come into work. If you told him no, he would say in the most condescending tone, well, I need you to do it anyway. And then just standing there scowling at you the whole time, basically trying to intimidate you by making you feel so uncomfortable by the staring that you cave. The setup. Now, I've had a fair share of awful managers to the point where if I didn't need the money, I would have walked out right there and then and never returned. And I had my fair share of good managers. Douchebag was somewhere in the middle, leaning more towards the walking out. Now, with me, I'll admit, over the years I developed a sassy, sarcastic personality. I'm blunt, no filter, say what's in my mind, and I don't put up with people's bullshit. Apparently, douchebag never got the memo of my not taking people's bullshit. Around this time, summer was ending, meaning we were in the now hiring stage and many positions were starting to open up in the store. Keep this in mind. What did douchebag do to get me to start my pro revenge? Strike one. I had outpatient vein surgery done on my legs and needed to take a few days off. Since I had some vacation time saved up, I used my hours from those days so I didn't have to worry so much about not getting paid. Douchebag called me a day before I was supposed to come in, asking if I can do a 9-1. I asked him three times over the phone, who's closing? Because originally, I was supposed to close that day until I got my approval for my days off. Douchebag never answered me, so I just figured they had it covered. I came in, and of course, halfway through my shift, douchebag calls me and says over the phone that they don't have a closer. Keep in mind that I asked him three times over the phone who was closing. Douchebag wanted me to clock out, go home for a few hours, and then come back to work and close. I said no. And then he tried the whole guilt tripping about not having anyone and that we really need you to do this. I said no, because one, I'm really tired and just came off of surgery like three days ago. Two, I already made plans with my husband for the evening. Of course, douchebag didn't like this, because the next time I came into work, douchebag was just being petty and passive-aggressive with me. Basically, he would either pretend I wasn't there, ignore me, or the transaction he was doing was taking longer than it should, and then would chastise me in front of the customer for taking too long to get to him. When I had my follow-up appointment with the vein doctor, douchebag asked me if I could come in earlier. I told him no, I can't, because I have a doctor's appointment in the morning that day. Then he did his usual, well we need you to do it anyway. 
and started to do that staring thing with me. Unfortunately for him, I'm used to this when it came to Karen's and Kevin's trying to intimidate me, because something didn't come right. I quickly shut that down by getting the other cashier's attention when they need help with something or quickly grabbed a customer's attention. When I came in after my appointment, douchebag with a smug grin very loudly in earshot of the big wigs from corporate visiting that day, Well OP, looks like you noticed that I didn't call you in because we didn't need you. I replied good, because I wasn't able to come in early anyway. Strike 2 Remember how I said that the store had openings? Well, turns out customer service needed some help and the only way to get there was to ask your manager. So I went to douchebag and asked about being the customer service desk. With everything that I've already been doing, I was basically the front-end assistant manager without pay and title. Douchebag said that he would get back to me, especially since I've been doing a great job. Two or three weeks later, I'm seeing people that I trained or have started months after I did getting promoted to customer service desk while I stayed as a cashier with all the other responsibilities piled on top. The customer service desk position would have easily been a 50 cent raise. The monitor position would have been a 75 cent raise. And of course, douchebag didn't want to pay more for doing the exact same thing I was already doing. I was starting to get the message of, why pay for the cow when the milk is free? Strike 3 I was starting to look for another job at this point because I was getting sick and tired of how I was being treated, but I wanted to try and give this guy one last chance. So I found out that the seafood department in my store had an opening. I even talked to the seafood department manager Debbie about me possibly being in her department. He was ecstatic to have and was willing to work around my college schedule. I had to talk to my manager douchebag in order to get the transfer going. I talked to douchebag and he started to come up with any and all kinds of excuses to not have me transfer. I quickly shot that down, and even the one where he tried to say that I can't because another co-worker was transferring. First time I'd heard of this, but the co-worker said they had no problem with me going. So I thought that was that, right? Wrong. Three to four weeks have passed, and I've been getting nowhere with the whole transferring to the other department. Even Debbie was wondering why it was taking so long to get me to the seafood department and why management was dragging their feet with this. Turns out, douchebag blocked my transfer and they wound up hiring a new employee to the seafood department. Douchebag thought that if there was no positions available, he can just deny my transfer and that I have no choice but to stay. After an argument between the two of us about this, because I was calling him out on his bullshit, douchebag said the magic words, just do your job. Cue the malicious compliance. Just do my job. Okay. I was so glad that wearing a mask was required, otherwise douchebag might have seen my evil smile when I agreed to just do my job. Need an override? Sorry, but I'm not management, nor am I a monitor, so I can't do that. Let me go grab someone who can. And need change? Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm not management, or a monitor. I'll grab someone that can. Need something behind the customer service desk? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not trained, nor am I customer service. Let me grab someone who can get that for you. Douchebag was at his wits end and even tried writing me up for something. I quickly shut that down when I started to recite what being a cashier entails and what my actual job of being a cashier is. 
And I told him, if he wants me to continue with all those responsibilities, that he needs to promote me so I can do all those responsibilities. He quickly stepped back into his passive-aggressive behavior that I quickly shot down. I eventually found another job, with better pay and better benefits and handed in my resignation of me leaving in 10 days. That douchebag tried to deny, saying, no, you have to give us two weeks notice. I quickly shut that down with a response, you wouldn't be giving us a two weeks notice if you're gonna fire us or lay us off or let us go. Just a two minute warning. Cue the petty revenge. Now you're probably wondering, what could I have possibly done for the petty revenge, right? Well, there was an old saying, never kill the golden goose. Well, readers, what do you think happened to a department that is solely dependable on one person whose reputation is Mrs. Reliable? Need me to come in on a day off? Sorry, can't, have plans. Need me to stay late? Sorry, can't, already made plans. Someone called out? <laughs> Sorry, can't. I did this throughout my entire rest of my stay at that place. Douchebag couldn't do anything about it either, and it was starting to get him on what happens when you rely heavily on someone else but treat them so badly that they actually decide to leave. Douchebag's performance, because I wasn't there to cover his ass, was starting to take a toll. He had to do so much of his own responsibilities, and there wasn't a thing he could do to me. He kept trying to be extra passive-aggressive with me, to which I just smiled and waved and said goodbye to everyone but him. Now, this wouldn't be a pro-revenge without the pro-revenge. After talking to a friend of mine about what happened when I worked there, he told me to report this to the district manager because that kind of behavior isn't good for the workplace. Cue the pro-revenge. I got the email address of the district manager from my friend and then I went back to the store as a customer. I kept in touch with a couple of my old co-workers and kept asking them how they were doing and how's work going. None of them had a problem inventing to me on how bad things were getting with douchebag. I asked if they didn't mind if I put their names in the complaint or if they just wanted to be anonymous. A lot of them chose the latter. I whipped out my phone, used the quick memo app, and quickly wrote down notes. The date, the register that the cashier was on at the time. I sent that email with the attached notes and with the entire account on my part as well to the district manager. Now this wouldn't be a pro-revenge if it just stopped there. I took it a step further. You see, with the receipts that we get, there is a survey on the bottom of every receipt and management kept trying to boost us to get customers to take the survey because it helped with the storefront and all the points that the store gets. Well, here's the thing about that survey. When you fill out the survey, including the comments, everyone gets to see it. And I mean everyone. Douchebag, the assistant store manager, the store manager, the regional manager, the district manager, and the representative of corporate gets to see it all. So you can imagine what I did. Needed a snack for school? Filled out the survey. Needed groceries? Filled out the survey. Needed a drink? Filled out the survey. I went to that store multiple times and got so many different surveys because there wasn't a limit for how many you could fill out. And I made sure to put everything that douchebag was doing on all of those surveys, including how he treated his employees. Three months after I left, the person they hired back in seafood to make sure I couldn't go back there quit. Six months after I left, Douchebag was nowhere to be found. A new manager took over for him, 
and no one seems to know what happened to Douchebag. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Peace out until the next time, guys. I will see you in the next episode. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Do you enjoy science, spooky stories, and all things paranormal? We do too. While we would love for most paranormal stories to be true, we are here to tell you that they probably aren't. But that doesn't make them any less fun to speculate about. We are the Spooky Science Sisters podcast. In this podcast, we bring you bi-weekly discussions on possible scientific explanations behind the supernatural. Backed up by research articles and other credible sources, we do deep dives into things like archaeology and physics and share in-depth discussions with topic experts. Visit us at SpookySciencesisters.com to listen to a couple of skeptics debunk some of your favorite alien encounters, cryptid sightings, and ghost stories with science, sass, and a significant amount of laughter. Thank you and stay spooky.